Welcome. To Arcade Audio. episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Literally, as soon as you started, I had to sneeze. Bless and you. Fuck you, you fucking bitch. You know I hate that. I do. Now she's going to linger here. Now she's like, I'm going to fucking cold this whole linger. podcast. In 25 seconds, you've pissed me off three different ways. This is going to be a wonderful show. Hey, everybody. It's November fucking 5th or some shit. I don't know. This remember, week remember sucks. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. God. Oh, God. Hey. Today and this mean, week. So what's, what's going, what's wrong with you? I mean, is everything okay? You're like, what's wrong? No, number one, I didn't sneeze because of you, Woman. If you're new here, this happens every fucking week in your ears, but every fucking day in my life, talking to her and just having to watch movies and then discuss them with her and live our lives and then talk about it so you hear it. That's a great summation. I apologize to everybody. I'm on edge. Why are you on edge? Pick a reason. Number one, you're hearing this a week later. Hopefully by the time you're hearing this, they've stopped counting votes in six fucking states, and we know what the hell's going on with the future of our fucking stupid country. Um, And I'm just a a masochist, and I just can't turn the television off. And I've heard John King say more words about the same shit over and over again for 72 hours, and I've heard my mother speak in my entire life, because I stopped listening after a certain point. You listened to her today, though. Which is part of the reason why I'm in a bad mood. Oh. I also have to be careful, because she just randomly starts listening to this podcast at points. You know how you're the villain on Box and Friends? She's the villain of Married with Movies. I also, I always have to have a villain in my life, just to get me from point A to point B. And then Does that mean you're the hero? She fucking right I'm the hero. I'm an inspirational story. Are you now? I am. Why? Born in Akron, Ohio. End of case. That's enough. Look at me. There's a lot of people who are born in Akron. I was born in Akron, Ohio. Lost a bunch of weight. I'm a funny person. I'm a good person. I'm a great dad. You're an alright husband. Yeah, I, I left that off the list for a reason. At least you're self-aware. So... We got a busy show today for you. Of course, we have to talk about the movie, my nomination, Tropic Thunder. At the end of the show, Samantha's going to have her pick, but we're also going to pretty much hammer out our schedule for the rest of the year. Because it's only, it's only about eight weeks, seven weeks. very true. We have a very busy November, which is, is why we're trying to keep <gasps> we up our do. week 
ahead of schedule pace. As I said, we're recording this on the 5th. You're not hearing it until the 12th, the earliest, because um, you're going to be going to Miami for a bridal shower. So I'm going to be on dad duty. You're going to be on party mode, a much-deserved break for you. Sure, um, sure, sure. But then we have a lot of housework to do off together. Then we have Jillian's birthday, which is next week's episode. We'll be watching Cinderella. Then we have Thanksgiving and Black Friday. And then work is still a thing. I'm trying to find work. Then next thing you know, it's the holidays and Christmas. And, we have and we're wrapping two presents. And it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be crazy. It's crazy times. So we're trying to stay ahead of it all. And I'm going to open a brand. Yep, we have, we have a lot Ooh. a lot going on. I should be able to put up the Christmas tree. I threw up. So, threw up. bear with us. Uh, this will hopefully be the worst that I am mm. at any point in mm. terms of, like, oh, it, my okay. demeanor and my mood. You just think th- this is the worst year? Just today just kept kicking me in the butt. This election things keep lingering. Uh, fucking the aforementioned phone call with my mother. Um... The McDonald's app sucks my ass. Uh, just a bunch of stuff. I mean, th- those are all very much first world world problems. Yeah, uh, sure are. But I live in the first world, so fuck you. They're my problems. <laughs> I don't You're care. So sensitive. I am. I'm sensitive today. Uh, haven't had a chance to watch much else lately. Um, still haven't watched The Lighthouse. I feel like that's gonna be the illusionist now. Um, I've been meaning to also rewatch Borat, like I talk, I think I talked about last week, where I wanted to watch it where I could openly laugh, not worry about waking up my sitting, sleeping up mother in the bed next to me, like Jack Palance and City Slickers. Uh, I'm going to try to do that tomorrow after I take Jillian to school. I really don't have anything going on tomorrow besides like cleaning up and everything. So I'll try to knock that out tomorrow. Uh, yeah. What have you been watching? What have you been doing? Not a whole lot. Haven't had a lot of time mm-hmm. to, to do any of that, but I'm, I am flying down to Miami tomorrow, so I'm going to be all masked up on my plane and everything. Uh, download a couple things on my phone to watch, so hopefully I'll get 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 something knocked out. It's not a long flight. It's like a 40-minute flight. I know. Like, that's the problem. Like, I, I get, like, a 40-minute lunch. I get, I have a 40-minute flight. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. by the time I, like, you know, wash my hands, get my food ready, whatever. It's not a lot of time. I end up having to watch one episode of something over a whole week. By the end of the week, I'm like, I don't even remember what was happening. So I don't really have a lot of, like, time that I can, like, just sit and watch it. Maybe this weekend I'll be able to, um, you know, while being with my family. But uh, we'll see what happens. Okay. Anything else you want to discuss about the world? I mean, no, I don't because I don't want to talk about politics or the election or anything because it's just going to get me aggravated. By the time you're hearing this, hopefully, I'm going to be so aggravated. Everything is resolved and everything is fine and well. We're on the track for it to be that case. So, yeah. We'll see. Maybe uh, we'll. uh, Eh, What are you about to say? We'll see. And you're going to open up another bit of conversation no i I don't want to hear anything besides what i just heard this human being standing outside of an arizona office just randomly saying numbers like he's calling the fucking lottery and us expecting to understand what that means b5 b5 so today's movie was nominated by me it is tropic thunder i nominated it alongside the kentucky fried movie because i wanted to watch a movie that uh is a favorite of mine in the comedy world Mm. that uh 
is deemed kind of controversial and taboo nowadays, one of which came out 40-some years ago. This one came out just uh, 12 years ago, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Whose turn is it to read the box? It is, let me see here. I believe it is probably own. mine. It is, sure is okay. yours. Very good. I'm also going to... that sneeze out your nose? No, I'm already going to protest this because I'm nasally and... Oh, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. I'm always nasally. I'm not going to say what came into my mind. Go on. Tropic Thunder. Go deeper into Tropic Thunder with this extended version of the hit film, packed with more action, more comedy, and more madness than ever before. When three of Hollywood's biggest stars head into the jungles of Vietnam to shoot a war movie, they have no idea how real things can get. Starring Ben Stiller, Jack Black, and Robert Downey Jr., Tropic Thunder is the most unexpected and controversial movie of the year. Nailed it. I got worried for a second. because Nailed I got, it. That was so easy. When I got through jungles, I was like, was that jungle or jungles? Fuck. <laughs> and I, I, like, I went back up to check the word while I kept reading. That was so easy. And also, I, you'll see, I tried to peel the sticker back, but there's no nothing else here. And then I, in turn, uh, started to rip the fucking... Uh, plastic around mm. it. it was very easy so this so i want to point out immediately this is the director's cut and there's like not an option to watch the standard movie really uh yeah you probably didn't notice it because you probably haven't seen the movie as much as i have you also fell asleep three times in during the movie i only fell asleep once it was twice uh so yeah there's like an additional 12 minutes in this movie and it's if you know the movie, it's noticeable and it's not great. It is very easy to see why it was cut, um, and we'll kind of get into it as I go through my notes and I point out things. But a lot of extra lines, like a lot of like attempts to get more humor out of funny situations, and they all just kind of swing and miss. I don't remember. There was one little like there's one full section that's extra in this movie. It's the uh, the one week down party that's not in the original movie. In the original, oh, really? no, in the original movie, it goes from, like, him getting punched, and then, like, Ben Stiller on the phone with Matthew McConaughey, and the next thing you know, like, he, like, the director, Steve Coogan's, like, drunk, upset, um, and is, like, on the beach and finds Four Leaf. That whole party segment is not in there. I thought that I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't remember seeing yeah. this before. And I was like, did I fall asleep watching this movie the other, like... Dozen times and it I've gives seen you, it, and it gives you a lot. Okay, because I didn't know we were watching a, yeah. a different cut of it. I was like, "Did I just like black this out?" No. I, de- I definitely yeah. did not remember. It that. It gives you a lot of exposition. Like you get more of like Jay Baruchel's character and like mm. an idea of what he is there, and like it just basically rounds out everything you just got from all these characters from the Access Hollywood bit. Yeah, more. Uh, and then it's kind of counterintuitive that you see these things again later on right? with the movie that was actually there. It's just Jack Black wanting drugs, uh, Robert Downey Jr. being weird, uh, Ben Stiller not like understanding his surroundings, Al Pacino being like a, a hip-hop dude. Like It, it just doesn't work. Uh, so that hurt my overall enjoyment of the movie because it was very, very noticeable, particularly the first half. Mm. The second half of the movie I think was pretty... Much the same. Yeah. But it's it's really, really common early on. Same thing with the very first scene that they are filming. Like, it's being shot and, uh, and it's, like, as if it's the real movie and then finally gets cut. Like, that whole segment, there's a lot of extra lines from Jay Baruchel, a lot of extra lines from Robert Downey Jr. And then even when, like, they cut and 
Ben Stiller's there with like the prosthetic arms and stuff. There's more to it. It's like okay, let's just let's just get to it. So this ended up being like two hours and one minute. That's, that's why I fell asleep. Well, that's why early on in the movie, I don't you, I don't know if you hopefully we were awake like five minutes in. You saw me. I I hit triangle to see like how long this was because I, I noticed it like very early. I was like I don't remember like three of these lines. So I saw how long it was. I'm like, oh, I think this is supposed to be like an hour 48 or something like that. Uh, so it hurt my overall enjoyment. But that being said, I think this is a fantastic comedy. I think it's one of the, the best comedies that have been made in the past 15, 20 years. Yeah. Uh, my like overarching note on this movie is kind of an overarching note about Ben Stiller in terms of him being like a writer and a director. Because <laughs> uh, he also did Zoolander. Yeah. Is that and- Ben Stiller to me makes really really smart comedies yes. for dumb people. I think and that's a I, really good note. And what I mean by that is that the lowest common denominator of film audiences can sit and watch a Ben Stiller movie and laugh at it for whatever's the, for the general populist reason. Yes. On but, that same token, yeah. what they are laughing at and other things that are happening in this world in this film are so much smarter and so much more biting or like and a like commentary about it that the people yes. that understand it like it on another level as well so everybody ends up liking them but for yes. different reasons and i think it's a smart way to to make to make movies yeah and you know i didn't realize that he wrote and directed a lot of things. Well, this is like his passion project. He wanted to do this like I even before he was a star. Didn't I I don't know why. Like and I've seen this movie. This movie's 12 years old and I've seen this movie a bunch of times. Twice as many times as as it yeah, old it, it, is, you know? it used to like, be on TV all the time. Yeah, whenever it was on TV, you put it on everything, but like I just never realized that this was such a passion project of his and that he was he's got it's not like he's got terrible things that he's directing. You know, sometimes when actors, especially such powerhouses like this, mm-hmm. go into like the directing side and stuff, sometimes it's a big flop. Well, and and you know, this Zoolander, like I didn't know how into it he is and like how um so it's a very short list. Um, yeah. It's Reality Bites. It's The Cable Guy. Yeah, Cable Guy. Which both those were, I think, like minor successes at the time that be- achieved like huge cult status. Zoolander, Tropic Thunder, mm-hmm. and then recently The Secret Life of Walter Mitty and Zoolander 2, which neither one of those are great. But now he's like a, uh, a television director and like a serious one at that. He did that escape from... Um, the hell is it called? Escape from Denimora, and he's doing a bunch of other like dramatic works. Yeah, there's this upcoming thriller on Apple TV called Severance, which has got, got a lot of buzz and just like looks kooky. So like he's settling into like the more serious part of his career, sure, which I'm excited I, to see. I, but yeah. this and Zoolander, like I mean, those two movies in ten years is a pretty good resume. Yeah, pretty good uh, as, and, a, as a comedy director while you're also still the actor in it right, as well. Right, the main actor in it. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a lot to take on and I think that he does it so well and I think he, people don't give him enough credit for a lot of the things that he does. Yeah, I mean, he you figure he he was kind of the the what's the word I'm looking for? The prelude to like that frat pack era. Like, he still, like, he kind of gets lumped in there because, like, he has, like, a cameo in Anchorman 
And, like, you know, he does so many movies with Owen Wilson, who was supposed to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, that old school Anchorman, Wedding Crashers, you know, Apatow run, like, that doesn't happen if it's not for, like, there's something about Mary and Meet right. the Parents and Zoolander being these blockbuster comedy hits. Like, yeah. he was the guy. Yeah. Um, and even doing it for so long, like, the Ben Stiller show, I have it upstairs. Uh, and, like, my TV section is, like, a groundbreaking, like, sketch comedy show from, like, the early 90s that nobody watched, but now, like, was a breeding ground for a lot of popular people and also shows, like, what his vision was later on. Um, yeah. I mean, just from the beginning, so, I al- not that I always forget, but, like, I guess I remember, like, seeing this in theaters. I saw this at least twice in theaters. I was working at the theater at the time, so I could see it a bunch. Um <laughs> And you say that on every episode. Every episode. I just nominate movies for from those of you. For, for those of you keeping track at home, like I'm going to start making a tally Go of how it. many times. You don't have to dedicate it to remembering things. Uh, no, I mean, I'm going to do notes on my phone. So I still envision myself like sitting there, like watching it for the first time, and like the first look or whatever turns off, and you get like your trailers, and then like the trailers continue, but you're like, wait a second. Those aren't real things. Those are related to the movie. Right. So, like, I'm expecting, yeah. like, on a DVD. I, like, I've seen this so many times on television, and I may have watched this Blu-ray a couple times. I don't know. Yeah, but... But, like, as soon as you hit play on the movie, it the goes first right thing is it. the Al Pacino booty sweat right. commercial. And it's I, like, oh, that's right. There's no, like, studio logos. Like, like it just it puts you into right the right in mind it. frame, the right yeah. world. And those, like, those are maybe arguably, like, the best part of the movie. Are those They're first so three trailers? Like, good. Scorcher's the best. Scorcher's good. The fatties is funny, and then Satan's Alley is hysterical. They just give you such a good basis of who yeah. these characters are. They're hysterical and put you right in the mood, and yeah. then you go right into, like, there's no, it gives you, like, the Nick Nolte, like, voiceover explaining, like, what Tropic Thunder is, and then you go right into, like, the movie, mm-hmm. the movie the within the movie, the movie yeah. um, and it's just craziness. You can't, like... And understand what anybody's saying. Right, it's just, it's just, pa, 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 pa. It's like, well, they're high all, pace. They're also, like, in these weird accents. So, like, <coughs> uh, Lincoln Osiris, Downey's character, has got this, like, like, southern, southern, like, African-American droll to it. Uh, Fats, the Jack Black character's, like, some kind of weird, like, that's uh, just Jack Black. He's just himself. That's no, why you can't no, no, no. understand but, you know, I mean, like, he's definitely from, like, uh, like, the Northeast or, like, something, like, some kind of accent, uh-huh. some kind of demographic. Right, and then Jay Baronshaw is just Jay Baronshaw. Yeah, but he's also, like, kind of, like, grunting, and Al Pacino's doing, like, Motown-type well, thing. They're in the middle of, like, a war scene. No, maybe, like, even just, like, their voices and, like, like the dialogue they're having. Like, I think it's purposely meant to be an absolute mess because, like, that's what they're actually making. Yeah. Um, and then when it cuts, uh, it gets into, like, the whole meat and potatoes of it. Uh, so obviously we both enjoy this movie. So before we dig a little is there anything you don't necessarily like about the movie? Um, I have a couple things that I think are overrated about the movie, but I necessarily, I don't dislike them. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know. I think it's some of the scenes with like when Ben Stiller's playing like simple Jack, like when he's like kidnapped 
Yeah. Um, when he's like kidnapped and like they're making him do simple jack, I think so. That's a little bit overplayed. So they like lean on it way too much throughout the movie. They do, and I, I think that was part of the controversy. So two of the the two like controversial things and why like you could make this movie twelve years removed later right. is largely Robert Downey Jr. in blackface. Well, he didn't want to do it. True, and even though it's done for a reason and it's done purposefully to show how bad it is. Like you have to do it to show how bad it's been. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the simple Jack stuff, which I got, which again was done as a commentary on like, this is how this is because it's a comedy and like people still laugh at it. This goes to my earlier point that people are laughing at it for the wrong reasons. They're not, you know, they're not laughing at it because it's a takedown of Hollywood and it's a takedown of, uh, crazy actors or a takedown of um, like Oscar bait and pulling on people's emotions. Like that's part of the problem of it. It's longer here because again, there's a whole added section to it. So like that interrogation scene doesn't happen in the actual real movie when like the, the, the flaming dragon guy is like talking to him in English. The first time in the movie you hear him talking in English is when he's on the phone, like with the, 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 the uh, demands for the ransom. So, like, the whole section, like, that's another two, three minutes where it's, like, okay, like, I guess it's fine, but, like, I'm not used to it, and I see why it's not here, because I know where we're going, but I agree. It, it is leaned on a little bit too much. Yeah. Uh, my two points I was going to say that I think are overrated. Um, I think what people remember the most, or one, almost the most about this movie, probably after Robert Downey Jr., is Tom Cruise as Les Grossman, and it was, like, some big surprise. Even though it got leaked beforehand, and it, people were just like, oh, I didn't know. It's like, it's fucking, look at his face. Like, it's how can you not Cruise. know? Look, well, he has fatter hands since it's not Tom Cruise. And I think he is very... Fat Cruise. I think he is very good. That's not even a pun. Uh, I don't think he's the best part of the movie. I think he distracts from the movie a lot, because ultimately... Like, the last 25% of the movie is him just dancing to current hip-hop. <laughs> it's but like, you know what? It's like, he do we really it. need him singing, rapping no. to Ludacris we, and Nelly? We don't, but... but was it Nelly or... No, it's Flo Rida. Yeah, it's Flo yeah. Rida. I don't know why it was Nelly. Flo It's Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking it's uh, the 2010 Nelly. Flo Rida. They, as soon as Nelly went away, Flo Rida picked her up. They could be the same fucking person. I don't fucking know. Have you ever seen them Proven. in the same nope. room? Nope. I bet Flo... Flo Rida wasn't in the longest yard. Nope. I don't know what's going on. Nelly didn't beat up Heath Slater. <laughs> Is that a real thing that happened? Yeah, we, Did we, I watch it? We were I at see, WrestleMania when Flo Rida beat up... Yeah, you saw it. I thought it was Nelly. No. Uh, but anyway, I think it's meant to be... So Ben Stiller and Tom Cruise have been friends forever. Ben Stiller is the best Tom Cruise impression ever and has done it on SNL and mostly on MTV Awards and stuff. Uh, and it's, it was done to be like, see, Tom Cruise can cut loose and have fun. And it's also drawing now because now in 2020, Tom Cruise is one of the biggest action stars on the planet. Mission Impossible is one of the longest running best movie franchises. He's still an insane person. Yeah. But we also talked, talked about him when we did like collateral and stuff. Yeah. You know. So I think that part of it's overrated because it's relying on your suspension of disbelief that you that you can believe Tom Cruise can do something like this. Uh, maybe it's more so a law of diminishing returns, and that I think you've seen this so many so times. It it's like I think that's more so what it is because okay. you're at, like the first 
the first one, two times that he's there, like, I think it, he does a fine job. I mean, I think it's a, uh, he does a good job with the character and stuff like that. But then, yeah, we didn't, the, you didn't need to see him dancing so many times. Yeah, I mean, it's only twice. I mean, is he funny telling you to take a big step back and fuck your own face? That's funny. Sure. Is it funny for him to tell the, yeah. the, the, the key grip on the movie to punch a guy in the face yeah. and the, what he does? Yeah, and he, he, him and Bill Hader had a, had a really good chemistry. Right. It's early um, Hader, so you don't get a lot of Hader, but he still plays off of him still, well. right. Like, I mean, I... I the, so I still liked it, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean... The thing I like the most about him, it's such a throwaway. Like, the more you watch a movie like this, you appreciate things you didn't... You, like, you haven't laughed at before because you're always, like, anticipating things that you know are going to happen. In this one, he has the huge, big freak out, like, like it said, fuck your own face, flaming dragon, you know, scorched earth motherfucker, hangs up the phone. And as soon as the phone, hey, find out who that was. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's really like, funny. That's funny. Like, that's, that's a funny, funny delivery. That was like, a really funny line. Yeah, that was good. Like, that, that is good to me. Yeah. Um, so that's always been something. The other one, and this might play into my LVP hand a little bit, although I think there's somebody that ultimately is going to take it that's less important in the LVP race. I just am not a fan of of Jack Black and his whole story in this movie. It's just... It's like... He's it's just like, very it's like, unfunny to me. It is. It's kind of like... like Maybe it's what they were trying to do is like make him Eddie Murphy. I mean, not even that, know it's Chris Farley is what it well, is. It's well, a it's mix. a combination because the, 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 the clumps, fatties. the fatties. Right. Like, yes. I mean, like when that came on, like the first thing I thought now, yeah. I don't know if I thought it 12 years ago, to be honest, when the movie came out, but the first thing I thought now when like the fatties trailer came on, I'm like, oh, why couldn't they have someone else do that? Or like, why did they have to go that particular route? With sure. it kind of making it like well, this also I think was the year like the year of or the year after like Norbit came out. Yeah, but it's like it's like to me what they were trying to do with it is like oh this like comedy star who's only known for being fat and farting and mm-hmm. dressing up like as all these family members and everything now is trying to do like a serious movie, but they're mm-hmm. like a drug addict. I don't know. I thought it was a bunch of barbs at. Um, Eddie Murphy. I, I think it's a combination. Uh, well, it's mostly Eddie Murphy in terms of like that Eddie, particular. Eddie was type never like of... like had like a drug like like arc to his like career or life. I mean, I'm sure he did fucking drugs. He was the biggest fucking star in the '80s. But yeah. uh, but he was more so like prostitutes and like having a bunch of illegitimate sure, children. Sure, sure, but it could be. I mean, it you could sub in. Yeah, do you take pieces? You could from which, sub in. My anything. thing is, I just didn't like. It, there wasn't anything about it to me that was witty or sure, funny. Sure, it's making fun of a of like the the drug addict farter, but there still could have been like some nuance. And maybe I wasn't sure if it was because of Jack Black's performance. You know, like so I think of him in this like kind of similar surroundings and like root cast, and I think about him in like Jumanji. Granted, ten years later, and you could argue he's like the best part of the first Jumanji movie. Like he's hilarious, you know. He's, he's really, really funny. Jack Black's gonna be very, very funny in most things. And this, he doesn't get a laugh from me. He just doesn't. Um, and I don't know if that if that's just a, a bias of mine from watching it or what. So like, and it, this go around, I think initially I thought it was less encompassing, but maybe because it's director's cut and you see a little bit more of him. It really stuck out to me this time as well because I, I felt it was a lot more prevalent than I remember. Okay. I thought he was definitively like the third star because most of the time spent on Ben Stiller and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. But like in this, like the t- when we watched it yesterday, I was like, 
oh man, like there is a lot, like him chasing the bat down, him getting tied to the tree, and him being on the on the bull, him uh, the huge fight scene with the little boy. Like there is a lot more to it than yeah, than I there remember. Is. Um, so those are my two like main nitpicks about the movie. Okay. Everything else though, I could just gush over. Um, I love the Access Hollywood breakdown. It, I've Maria Menounos kills it. Girl. She's great. Girl, she's great. How old is Ma- Alexa? How old is Maria Menounos? Is that like 44? Maria Menounos is 42 years Ooh, old. Ooh, man, she's still only 42, so she's like 30 in this? All right. Thank you. <laughs> Add her to my list. Thanks for letting me know. What? I, I like Maria Menounos. She's a wrestling fan. We'd have something in common. Hmm. Uh, I mean, but her going, ma, ma, ma. That was really <laughs> funny. It always makes me laugh. Uh, it's just, it's a perfect, like, it's just a perfect breakdown. And it fits in the world of this is like an entertainment magazine show. This is exactly how you get your context. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Stiller stuff with like Chitlin and the dude and like. That's good. And like Donnie Jr. being like Russell Crowe essentially. Yeah. And like, like like filling it all out. Like it just it, it just works. And right. you know exactly what's happening. Like the method acting um, and I think it's a fantastic cast performance. So we've already it's discussed a great ensemble. We'll get into MVP and LVP of course later on, but the ensemble is great. And there's people like I'm not a big Danny McBride fan. What? I think he's pretty overrated. I watched Alien Covenant just to watch him get killed, and then spoiler, he doesn't fucking die in the movie. Uh but like right around here, and then later on, like this is the end. This is the perfect use of his talents. Like he's in smaller doses, and he gets a playoff of a serious actor that's having fun, like Nick Nolte, another person who I'm not a, a big fan of. But they have a nice little rapport, and it you works. You mean that wasn't that wasn't Jeff Bridges? I always get the two. I think that they're the same Fair. person. Uh, have you ever seen them in the same room? No, but here's the key: just always remember that Nick Nolte mugshot. You remember the one I'm talking about? Yes, where it looks like you... he was holding like one of those electricity Wait, orbs. That from wasn't the science... Jeff Bridges. No, oh. Jeff Bridges was just high somewhere. It's like he's holding one of those electricity orbs from the science museum underneath. Yeah, the, the I shot. know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, and then you have McConaughey, who wasn't even supposed to be in the movie. I know, but I thought he McConaughey's did hilarious an excellent this. job in this. And you could argue this is the start of the reconnaissance before, like, you figure we're still four or five years away from it, but him just, like, cutting loose in this movie before True Detective and Dallas Buyers Club and Lincoln Lawyer and yeah, fucking car commercials and everything. When he was coming out of the, um... I could not... Romantic comedy yeah, era. I could of, not see Owen Wilson do that part. I, 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 just, I, I, I could... But it would suck because he's gonna be he's just gonna be Owen Wilson it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't see Matthew McConaughey in this, which is a challenge. Yeah, he wasn't himself, but he did such a good job doing it. Yeah, the, yeah, he came into this movie after he did so many well, like, either like actioners like Sahara right, well, and he, like uh yeah. uh girl ghosts of girlfriends past yeah he did um at, before wedding planner yeah like um, how to lose how a guy in ten, ten, days. ten days it was a good bit uh watch his hot ones which is just absolutely fantastic he's just a chill actually my favorite I'm just gonna talk about McConaughey stories the rest launch. of the podcast fool's gold oh we, I think we have like two of those now because of you thanks not because of me. Yeah, remember our Barnes & Noble thing? Oh, Every time yeah, we go to yeah. Barnes & Noble, we, we go to the $5 gold. section and we each have to pick out a movie I to bought, add to our collection. I think you bought Fool's Gold. gold. I think uh, All right, McConaughey. I know you like Graham Norton. 
I love Graham Norton. So there was a clip. So, funny. Uh, so John Cena was on Graham Norton. I want to say maybe around oh, like was he? blockers. So maybe a couple years ago at this point. Okay. It was like him, some like famous chef who I didn't know who the fuck they were, um, some actress, and McConaughey was on there. And so I think Cena was like the last guest, obviously because he's one talking, and they're talking about like his wrestling career and like the weird memes, like the "you can't see me" thing. And, like, people not believing that's his real name. You don't know who Jamie Oliver is? You know, you've been to Jamie Oliver restaurant. Good for me. Uh, Good for him. Uh, But, like, Cena's, like, explaining, like, his name and his career. And, like, McConaughey just, like, is apparently, like, a huge, old, like, world-class Texas wrestling fan. So him and Cena just, for, like, two minutes just start going back and forth on, like, Texas wrestling. And it's amazing. It's like, I just want McConaughey to do this all day long. He's just, like, the coolest dude. I love him. I just pulled it up on my YouTube. Watch it when we're done. But, uh, so that all works, uh, and then the, it's, it's like the movie, like, basically around, like, the halfway point is, like, when the movie, like, and again, as I talked about earlier, the early part, a lot of alternate lines, uh, there's one specific one I remember, uh, when, like, the big, like, dramatic first scene and, like, Stiller's hands get blown off and they're doing, like, the dramatic thing, the normal line in and, the like, actual the movie is, uh, when I get back, I'm, you're going to teach me how to juggle, which is a really funny thing when you hear the book. Like, they change the line, and it's like, to, it's like we're going to start that band. And it's and like, it just doesn't hit as much. Ivories. Yeah, whatever it was. Uh, but, like, from basically when, like, when uh, they find out that Stiller has been, like, kidnapped, essentially, and, like, mm-hmm. held hostage, from that point on, like, the movie is exactly the same. And it all just works, because then you get... The, like the little battle between uh, Al Pacino and uh, Robert Downey Jr. Then you get like Stiller kind of getting like not gaslighted, but going crazy and thinking he has a son and doing like the simple Jack stuff. Kind of gaslighted. Sure. Um, and then like the whole like ending sequence of like the the lead farmer motherfucker yeah. and like their takeover and how it all plays out. That just, was really it funny. Just, it, like that whole last like thirty minutes. Just was fucking that Robert Downey Jr. legitimately talking like Vietnamese yeah. or loud? So I think you had already gone to so bed. I was watching some of the uh, the extras. Yeah. I heard you watching it, but I was already like passed out. So they dubbed his lines in that language later on. So on set, he's just saying nonsense in English, and they're just cutting up like crazy. Like he's literally like speaking broken English in English. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all just really like losing funny. their minds. We can just go ahead and say Robert Downey Jr. is the MVP of the movie. He is. He, it is one of the greatest comedic performances. He he does an amazing job given the material, especially. But I I mean I just yeah he's just he's he's great. just on another level. He's the only he's my only part that I like about like that little early party scene I was talking about. Where it's like one week done, got nothing in the bank. Like just the way he says some things. No, and just like even like in that emotional scene that you said, like with his hands being blown off, just like his reactions to it. It's like oh, let's, can't even fucking cry. Let's make lemonade. Action Jackson can't cry. Right. Is it bad? Is it okay if I do an impersonation? No. Of a I can't do a an no. impersonation. Damn it, that sucks. Why? Why would it be okay for you? You can do an impersonation of a black person. But I can't do an impersonation of a white person doing an impersonation of a black person? That seems weird. But, like, why would you want to? Like, just do an impersonation of the black person. Because I think I can do it. But 
Wouldn't you just be I don't doing... read the script. Script music. Yeah, I don't read I'm Beetlejuice. The script doesn't read me. I read the script. Oh, wait. I fucked that up. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I want to make sure everyone knew I was okay after last week when I almost exploded to death. teeth more than Beetlejuice. I don't know who the fuck that is, but I kind of like him. Does he, like, take teeth out of people and then, like, collect them with, like, a little necklace? Like, hey, I'm Dr. Teeth, and it's, like, an ironic name. Or does he have a lot of teeth? Does he even have a doctorate? I don't know this guy. Hey, everyone. Beetlejuice here. Like I said, want to make sure everyone knew I didn't explode last week. When I had the hiccups, it was a weird situation. Ow, my throat really hurts. That was weird. What, every time I come on this show, something happens to me now. I'm going to kill you by the end of it. I'm already dead. Again. I'm going to kill you again. I'm already dead. You know how many times I've died? Ask me. Yes. 500. Lower. One. <laughs> One dollar. <laughs> what? Bye. What happened? <laughs> Did I break you? <laughs> you think you broke Beetlejuice's brain. Uh, <laughs> but, um, like, his, like, just everything. Like, I could just go into lines all day with Robert Downey Jr. I mean, he just did such a good job. His delivery was on point. On the dude, playing the dude disguised as another dude. Like, Fucking, uh, uh, I don't break higher turn until I do the DVD commentary, which actually happens, and I've yeah. been meaning to watch it the entire time I've had this, and I haven't. Legitimately, like, did not break character the entire time. This motherfucker's dead. He's <laughs> even yeah. like throwaway shit like that. Uh, his reaction to Alpa, Alpa saying the N word, and like then him just quoting the Jeffersons, uh, just all of it. Like it all just uh, the the full retard scene. Yeah. Where like he explain like where he breaks down like perfectly the problem with Hollywood and like right. men- mentally challenged and characters. The, yeah. I mean, it, he... It just solidified... That that scene is very early on, and it solidified it to me. He ben does Stiller, such a good job. Ben Stiller's great. Jerry Baruchel plays an amazing straight man in this movie. I, yeah. He's doing, like, really, like, some of the hard work in this movie, but he still gets, like, laughs. Well, like with the guts. I like that at the beginning. With, yeah. Hey, what, are you, what am I looking at? Well, I don't even... I can put it back in. I, he always gets a yeah. laugh out of me when, like... They're all like they they're rescuing Tug and like Tug's absolutely crazy and Kirk's like ripped all of his stuff off, and like he's like b- like getting everybody up. And he's like, "You're the last piece of the puzzle, puzzle, Tug. Are you with us?" And he goes, "I'm a rooster illusion," which means nothing goes fuck it. He's really really go. good as like a straight man in this. Uh, I like Brandon Jackson uh, as Al Pacino as well. He has good energy. Uh, it's sad that his career went nowhere after this. He was in a Percy Jackson movie. Uh, he was supposed to be the new Beverly Hills cop in the CBS television show. That just, oh, yeah. all that sounds like shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, then, that sounds like it and really then I did think, well. And then I actually think he ended up maybe being, like, instead, like, like Big Mama's son, like, with Martin Lawrence. It's I like, think that's right. So, um, not great for him, but. Not great, Bob. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, Stiller, Stiller going crazy is always his best pitch. And, like, in this fucking killing pandas and thinks he's actually simple jack that scene was okay a hooker you killed a hooker right that scene <laughs> i love matthew McConaughey for that scene like that he's such a close mvp for me i think mainly because go, go on, i can't sorry. imagine owen wilson doing it and like he just solidifies it and just like his reactions are on point him going off about the tivo i just i love matthew mcconaughey <laughs> and then of course he this. shows up at the end is like like the most unrealistic, not that any of this is realistic in the first place, but the most unrealistic, like, savior is like, hold on, so you 
went in on this deal to get the plane and then use it to go to like Laos and throw a TiVo at a rocket? Like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? And then what I was laughing about when you started was like, just his son. It's so fucking mean. But at least you got to pick yours. And it just shows like, oh, man, admittedly, yeah, this fucking wet blanket, ugly fuck of a kid. Who then at the end is on the plane just like looking at the window. I think he has like a lobster bib on for no reason. Sure. It's just, oh, I, it's mean, but I fucking laugh. I can't help it. Uh, Steve Coogan's like in two scenes and he's great. He's good. His his whole little spiel so and then good. he just blows up is awesome, which is another great and sequence. And I didn't realize how many references in this I didn't get until now. Uh, like we what? We talked about it, like the tug tug. Oh, oh. The rum tug tugger. Rum tug tugger knots. It's the pecker. Yeah, like I didn't get that cat's reference, and then I did not realize that they referenced Ford Fairlane. I didn't. no, that that that's an extra. That that wasn't oh, actually in the movie. because I was like, no. I don't remember so, hearing it, and I don't think I would ever forget that because that was the one thing I kind of liked that they added was in the actual cut of the movie when it's showing like the passage of time when uh, Tug is separate from the rest of the group. Is Jay Baruchel's character is telling us uh, is telling the group about like the difference between HD, DVD, and Blu-ray, and, like, how is it going to win? And then he goes, you've been been talking to me this whole damn time? (laughs) He's so angry. (laughs) Like, that later on, I guess that was going to be a reoccurring bit where he's telling these long-ass stories. That happens later when he's talking about uh, Rennie Harlan being a good director, and he's talking about Cliffhanger and the Adventures of Ford Fairlane, and somebody goes, shut the fuck up! I like that as, like, an added bit to his character, making him be, like, more of an outcast, even more than what he already is. But that's on the actual cut of the movie. Um... Uh, like, like I said, the battle between Alpa and Kurt, it's touchy in parts, but it's still good. Um, the, uh, the, the dancing of Tom Cruise, you know, supposed to be crazy and funny, but it's always been eh to me. Um. What else? And then, and, and like, we talk about, like, how efficient the movie is and how simple it is, but how great it is. So, like, the trailers... Simple, effective. Access Hollywood, simple, effective. Uh, like, passage of time, like, like montages. Yes. The Oscar wrap-up. You get everybody's, uh, everyone's... Deal. Deal in two minutes. Yeah. Uh, even, like, they, they, they hide, and, like, they're not really hidden, but, like, just even the joke of, like, the screen of the nominations, and you got, like, Tom Hanks, like, <laughs> sitting in, like, a wheelchair... It's like a sprinter or something is is funny enough. But then, uh, yeah, like he wins the Oscar. Kirk's happy for him. He gets Jennifer Love Hewitt. He gets Lance Bass. Uh, you know, like it all it all fucking works. Jason Bateman's randomly there. Like Jason Bateman would be that close to the stage in the Oscars. Maybe now. Now, yeah. Uh, and then, like, again, I think maybe he it's because of that. how reliant the movie is in the end on, like, Tom Cruise. Like, he's, like, the credit sequence which, you know, I guess it's like, oh, send the crowd home happy type thing. It just, you know, doesn't, doesn't hit me as doesn't hard. Doesn't do it for you. It just doesn't do it for me, no. But uh, everything else leading up to it does. Uh, do you have an LVP nominee? No. So I, I initially had Jack Black, and I still think you could make a case for it. Okay. I don't know if it's necessarily his performance or like the one character I just don't buy into because we pretty much touch on all the rest of them I think right like Nolte like McBride mm-hmm. like all the the, the five the, the other four main guys my LVP was going to be the kid 
and that's the other thing in the movie. That's the one thing, not necessarily that I think that is overrated about the movie. It's the one thing I just never really liked. Is it like, it felt like tacked on and why? Like they had to have like a 12 year old be like, essentially the main villain. You didn't say that when we watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the kid was the main villain. The first one? No, I don't know. One of the ones that we watched. And the you kid watched was- different Ninja Turtles movies than I did. The first one, the... Well, the first two, Shredder is the main villain. The third one, there are... Is that child? That, no, that wasn't... That child wasn't a villain. You were just racist and are thinking the only other movie this year we had an Asian child in it. It's exactly what you're doing. No, I'm not. And he was good, but then he turned bad. He was like 12. What are you talking about? Let me see. Let me go back to my notes. Mm-hmm. Your notes for what? You still have your Ninja Turtle notes? Yeah, I have all my notes from the whole year. Oh, my God. And you still lose in the Swaggies? You have this many notes? Oh, no, not the third one. Because is the third one when they went back in time? Yes, it is. No, I, the fourth one. The animated one? No, the third one. <laughs> Hang on, it's hard to read my notes. One moment, please. This is awful. Riveting. The first one had like April's boss's son, this like ginger white kid who was like trying to join the foot and like help Splinter. The second one is Kino, Ernie Reyes Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's Kino. Wasn't he's he a good guy the whole time. No, he joined the foot as like a as like a uh, as like a an inside like an uh, like a yeah, 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 like a sure, secret sure. agent. Sure. Not a secret Asian. Which is what you, you think you what you're thinking in your brain. No, it's not. Um anyway, to save your credibility, I don't think he necessarily is bad. Cause he's a good child, and I good to see that case he's still doing work. He's been on some shows and stuff. Um, but what wouldn't be my choice? To be like the heavy, I'd rather be just like the Reggie Lee guy because that guy's a good character actor. The guy, yeah, he's a good character. Also, that was another added thing that is not addressed throughout the whole movie, except in the actual legitimate movie. But in the director's cut, there's another uh, member of Flaming Dragon who has like the 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 makeup face, and when Alpa is like standing off with them and he's saying, "I'm Al Pacino." Flaming Dragon are just big movieites, I guess, because he starts just naming Al Al Pacino movies. Um, so even that guy would have been, would have been fine, but the kid, what was the kid's name? Uh, I have it here. Hold on. Brandon is his first name. Brandon Suhu? Big fan of chocolate milk. Uh, (laughs) yeah, Brandon, yeah, I think it's Brandon Suhu. Suyun? I got it. Hold on. Brandon Suhu. Yeah, you got it. He'd be my only real vote because everybody else, if it's not Jack Black, I mean, you can kind of call it. You could, I could, you could give me a Jack Black case. I don't want there necessarily be a Jack Black case, but well, I think that you said a lot of it. I mean, you said like he does, he he kind of was out of place against everyone else in so, terms of character. So let's break it down in terms of value. So. Eddie Murphy could have done it. Would have been the same okay, so thing. so that so that was so that was going to be one half of my two questions: is who else would you get to kind of play that type of character? Is that too on the nose though? Because like at that point, Jack Black hadn't, and I still my to my knowledge has not been in a I'm playing multiple character movie, and he also hasn't been a drug addict. Um, 
so like why Eddie Murphy automatically you'd have to get somebody like well, uh, that was just an example like he like Will Ferrell to do it then like sure. you know maybe my other point was or do you just replace like the trope like is there another trope you can fit in there like the method serious actor the action star the crossover the no name like who else can you throw in like the war types I was gonna say the only thing I can think of is like the young hot up and comer who also could be like crazy addicted to drugs or like crazy reckless or something like that almost might be better you get like um what was it 2008 like a Channing Tatum to be like the hot fucking dumb one the hot dumb one who's like doing his own stunts and like sure. backflipping off you could have gotten helicopter. Jonah Hill in 2008 to do this you could have gotten him to you do this. you couldn't anything. fit Jonah Hill on that helicopter um I think we kind of made the case like I said it's Jack right, Black Jack Black yeah, that might be controversial be but you know that's I don't see what he adds to everything. Yeah. For as much time as he gets in it. And I'm a big Jack Black fan. Yeah, I, I like Jack Black. I'm I, not a big Jack. I like like Tenacious, like Tenacious D, D Jack Black more than like well, movie Jack Black. I like movie. I like a lot of his movies. Big fan of when he he and Mike White team up. School of Rock, sure. Yeah, School of Rock's one of my. You know, I just didn't say School of Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they may have done. You're just things. an amazing race and survivor fan and wanted to give Mike White some some plugs. Um, yes, yeah, that's accurate. I also want to give credit to like how well the actual story of this movie hides its glaring plot holes. <laughs> um, so, so in a span of 24 hours, Danny McBride and the director rigged an entire jungle. To have cameras and explosions. Yeah, they. And they even though the director was blown up immediately, they still had enough footage to make this movie <laughs> that won all these awards, which then in turn would basically be a documentary, but he still won Best Actor because I guess he didn't know it was real. It's a comedy. There's a huge suspension of disbelief, but. So why you gotta call it out like that? that that's my role, that's my job, I always do it. But this, but again, this movie's so good that you, you don't even bl- bat an eye at it. You don't even blink at it. Right. Um, also, it lets you forgive, like, just how... So, like, Ben Stiller's character is, like, legitimately stupid. Like, he can't read a fucking map. He's going upside down the whole fucking time. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, come on. How, how well could you read a map? If somebody gave you a map, I mean, without any pretext... I don't know how good of a job you would do. I think I would know if it was upside down. Because as they say in the movie, look at the numbers. Yeah, you would think that, but how many people in The Amazing Race get lost? Because they don't read their clue, they don't know how to read their map. That's it. That's why you would drive. You'd have to drive because you couldn't navigate. Oh, no, 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 Reading no, no, no. a map. You have the directional skills of a headless You chipmunk. wouldn't be able to read the map. I can't read the map and drive, and I would need to do both. So I would just <laughs> go on The Amazing Race with somebody else. That's rude. It's the meanest thing I've ever said to you. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the thing, ma- major character flaw. Uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character, a major like character flaw. you fl- really would? I mean, if I wanted to win. I could win. Yeah, if you go on there with, like, fucking, I don't Superman. Oh, so me. Hey. 
they do a good job of still making you care about these characters that have these massive flaws. And the movie also doesn't necessarily do a, a great job of like having them connect. So there's the one like campfire scene where they're talking about what's waiting for them on the other side, and that's when you find out that Alpha is 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 gay. But like like the final scene where, you know, you're my brother and he finally cries, like They've never really had a moment to connect or be friends, but it's it just works in the stupidity and the craziness of the movie. Yeah. Whereas any other comedy, you'd have it tacked on and yeah. It's good to have a there's like no romanticism in the movie. Like you don't have to worry about mm-hmm. any of that. It's like a subplot or anything because there's no women in the movie. Uh, who's the most prevalent female character in the movie? Oh my god, is it? <laughs> Uh, Nicole Yvette Brown? As the, Probably as the assistant. As the assistant. Yvette Nicole. And Maria Menounos. <laughs> She's Menounos. the female lead. You go, girl. Best support. And then, of actor. course, Christine Taylor, who's has to be in every Ben Stiller movie back in the day. <laughs> I wonder why. Well, I believe they are either separated or officially divorced. Well, they were married. Well, I know that, but I mean, like, like in the, they were married like 20-some years, and like they broke up, and I think they maybe tried to like get back together at some point. I don't know. I don't keep up with my celebrity couples. Why not? I, I let my... I, I don't, sure I I'm not around my mom divorce. enough to read her star magazines. Uh, so, could you do this movie today? They were married for 17 years. Mm-hmm. They got married in 2000. They split in 2017. And they have two children together. Mm-hmm. Um... And, uh, that is, that's all. Dangling your dice on Lance's forehead. Just wanted to say that. <laughs> Funny. Also his reaction, Lance. Uh, well, there was something else I was going to say. Oh, so my, my answer to my question. Could you do this movie today? I still think you can. No. Kentucky Fried Movie, so much has changed and so much has happened over the course of 40 years that so much of it is not PC. I think contextually, in the right way, you can still do some of these things. You may have to tweak some stuff, but I still think you can. But you're saying no? No, I don't think so at all. Not with how controversial... How controversial race relations have become... Um, and how sensitive people are to, um, you know, disabilities and, and how that impacts stuff. I mean, just today, so like, um, Rod Dahl is one of my favorite authors. I think I talked about it on the show before. The Witches came out. Oh, yeah. Um, with Anne Hathaway. And if you've ever read The Witches as an adult, like, it's a terrifying description of them. And one of, one of the, of the descriptions of them is that they have claw-like hands, like fingers on their hands. Mm -hmm. And the makers of this movie, spoiler, um, I don't know how many people have seen it, but, I mean, you can look at the pictures and see. Makers of this movie basically have, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of... I haven't. I've seen the stories, but I haven't seen, like, Yeah, so, like, on her hand, it's got basically three fingers, mm-hmm. and they're, like, meant to look like kind of like claws, mm-hmm. and it received a lot of backlash because that's an actual, like, physical disability where you're missing limbs or part of, like, your fingers, your toes, things like this, and so um, there's a lot of backlash of that seeming scary because now it's, like, 
the witch, you know, differentiate because like it's not differentiated enough from her as a person and like with human mm-hmm. versus the witch when you can tell because she's got like the big, you know, like the split in her yeah. cheeks, the big mouth, everything. But there's a lot of backlash on that. I was reading that today. So people are super sensitive. So I don't think you can make this movie not just because of like the Robert Downey Jr. portraying a black a white actor being a black actor kind of thing and having a pigmentation uh, surgery. But for a lot of the other Controversial pigmentation alteration procedures. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. I I don't think you could do it. I think that there are too many things. There's one thing... Great point with the witches thing. Yeah, if there's one thing, I'd say yeah, but people are way too sensitive for for it to kind of... um, Understood. Gotcha. Do that. Oh, and they... um, Stiller and Taylor uh, were spotted together several times in 2019 um, at the Emmys and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's the, the um, kind of thing where, like, they, they like, never officially got yeah, divorced. Yeah, they never officially they separated. divorced. They separated, and they're probably fucking other people, and they're just enjoying, like, still being married or whatever. Sure. Um, yeah. All right. Anything else on Tropic Thunder? Uh, no. Uh, I nominated it, so you score it first. What is your score? I mean, I think it's a great movie. Oh, there is one other thing. I'm so sorry. The soundtrack is baller. Oh, yeah. The soundtrack is baller. It's amazing. Got plenty of... all. You you got Sister Act 2 reference. No, Ball of Confusion was filming an actual war movie. I know. You got uh, Run Through the Jungle. You got uh, even like modern stuff like uh, like Name of the Game by Crystal Method. Uh, Even just a good score as well. Um, Yeah, very, 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 very good soundtrack. Uh, Good call. Great. Yeah. Oh, and I also wanted to mention on the show what I said to you during this movie when you're talking about Jack Black and the bat scene. Mm -hmm. Who knew? Who knew? That's all Mm -hmm. I want to say. I'm going to put anything else out there because I don't want rumors to start. And then Jack Black comes and sues me for saying. Yeah, Ball of Confusion, Run Through the Jungle. Uh, uh, the Enigma song that I always love that's played in Satan's Alley. Yeah. Can't Touch This. Uh, Come On, Feel the Noise. Pusher. Uh, War. And then, of course, like we talked about earlier, Ludacris and Flo Reddy. An amazing soundtrack. Yeah. Score for Tropic Thunder. I mean, it's great. I do think that this director's cut did hurt it a little bit because some of the things I got confused, like the party mm-hmm. scene, stuff like that, that I didn't think happened. Sure. And I didn't, like you said, there was a reason why they were cut in the first place. Like they weren't particularly necessary. Um, Drawn out. Yeah, but I mean, this is a good good movie. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. So I was torn between two scores and... That was my initial score, but thinking about it, I was like, I'm not going to penalize the movie just because of the version I bought and what we watched. Yeah, douchebag. Um, well, I didn't fucking know. Uh, it's Normally, you get, like, options, like, del- with deleted scenes, without deleted scenes. This is just, nope, this is the movie you bought. Um, but the, the good, to me, outweighs the bad so much, so I'm going to give it a 9. This is going to be my ultimate score. So an 8.75 for Tropic Thunder. A much-needed Good movie on Man. this show. The last one was in Bruges, in Bruges which was in September. Nine, September 13th. Yeah, it's been almost a full solid two months where we've had a movie even above like a five, technically. Um, so yes, so that is done in the books. 
let's discuss the schedule for the rest of the year quickly. Next week, it'll be mm-hmm. Jillian's birthday episode. She has chosen the movie Cinderella. So we'll be watching that uh, ahead of time. I feel bad. The kids got to watch her birthday movie <laughs> in accordance with our schedule. After that, our next Wrap It Up movie, and also appropriately, like our holiday family movie, our like, movie about kids and family. This is 40. After that, our random pick we watched last week, The Killing. Today... It is your turn to nominate two movies uh, because I, I had a Tropic Thunder. So it is your turn. What two movies would you like to nominate? That'll be our episode that airs on December 10th. Oh, man. So I guess it's kind of going to be kind of like in the spirit. Um, mm, what spirit? The spirit of the Tropic Thunder? The spirit of the holidays? Well, spirit of what? I think both. So like may, continuing like that family spirit because I think like the family, family spirit kind of goes from... You know, now it's through the end of the year with mm-hmm. Thanksgiving and everything, you know. Um, I'm going to nominate Coco. Okay. And then I'm going to nominate a movie that we have watched a lot lately because it's just been on TV mm-hmm. and it makes me just giggle and I just want to talk about it on the show. I'm going to nominate Rat Race. I think that also has some nice family feels to it, especially the sure. ending. Uh, my pick is Coco. <laughs> <laughs> because I've I've sadly watched Rat Race more than any movie this year because it's always on Pluto TV. Always. And if I need background noise, that is that's, the definition that, of it. background noise is Rat that's Race. That's it. And we have not seen Coco. Yeah. And, and, and I've been dying to, to cry. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just get it out of the way. So we'll be watching Coco on December 10th. Now, uh, after that, so we have December 17th, the 24th, and the 31st. December 31st is when we're going to watch our final movie of the year, and it'll be our last wrap-it-up for the year, Blade Runner 2049. Thought it was appropriate because it's like, it's the future, and we're going into the future, and hopefully it'll be better. I don't know, let's turn the TV back on. So the 17th and 24th will be our Christmas movie slot, and also the 24th, Christmas Eve, is Samantha's birthday. So the rule on the podcast, for your birthday, you get to uh, watch whatever movie you want to watch. It has to be one single solitary movie, even if it is on our our can't pick list. Past years, you picked Nightmare Before Christmas, you picked Fiddler on the Roof. And then I normally kind of handle the the Christmas movie side of things, or we kind of collaborate on it. We've Past Uh years, we watched... Uh, Can I nominate a movie we've already watched on the show? No. We we did Christmas Story. We did Santa Claus last year. Uh, So I'll I'll start with the Christmas movie while you still think. So I originally had earmarked, like, a good Christmas movie. Uh, Like Elf or something like that. And I was like, and I totally forgot that last year, like, right after Christmas... And we were a at couple Walmart. times this year because this year, we've been there, like we, in June. We saw these shitty Christmas movies, and we've watched Lazy so many Chabert. bad movies. These, we've watched so many bad movies this year that why not have one more when, you know, we already have... That Co- is going to be great. Coco, and whatever you're going to... I'm guessing, I'm hoping you pick for your birthday will be, like, good movies. So let's have one more shit movie. So I went upstairs and I looked at the four bad Christmas movies that we purposely own. Uh, and I want us to kind of collaborate and pick. I think I know which one we should go with. The first one's called Four Christmases and a Wedding. I thought it was just Four Christmases. No. I'm like, oh, the one you watch with your parents? There, there's nobody. That one. Uh, uh, Judge Reinhold has like a supporting role in it. Nah, not that one. Okay. Uh, there are two movies featuring WWE star The Miz. One is called uh, Christmas Bounty. Mm. The other is called Santa's Little Helper. Now, that one is him and Paige as well. Mm. Uh, my personal pick, because it, it's part of the two-pack with Four Christmases and a Wedding, 
is a movie starring Melissa Joan Hart. Oh yeah, I picked this and movie. Mario Lopez. I picked this movie. A very merry Christmas toy store. Uh, that's what we're watching. All right, and that's what I thought we were gonna I go with. I picked it on purpose. So our Christmas I episode out this from Walmart. will be a very merry Christmas toy store that'll be airing on December seventeenth. That's great. Now, Samantha, for your birthday on December twenty fourth, what movie do you want to watch for the podcast? Man, I was thinking I was going to be a bitch and make you watch something, but... Whatever you want to watch. It's your birthday. One year for me, we watched uh, Good Burger. The other year, what did we watch last year for me? I can look on the list and tell you. This year we watched uh, Garden State. All right, well... I mean, and on mine, I did, we did Nightmare Before Christmas. You did Fiddle on, on the Roof. roof. I'm going to keep doing, um, you know, movies that hold a special place in my heart mm-hmm. that I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, The Replacements. That's going to be my birthday movie. That's your birthday. Are you kidding me? I love that movie, man. Oh my God. You are a weirdo. So fucking weird. It's going to get, look, it's going to make us laugh. I think we're going to be super stressed out over the next couple months. I can't believe to crop this off the fucking can't We're going to need some belly laughs. I think it will do a good job yeah, of it. Yeah, so let's watch Tropic Thunder again or something. <laughs> you, I just asked you that, and you said I couldn't. I just said, could I do a movie we've already done, and you so said no. So The Replacements no. is Samantha's birthday movie what that you'll I hear on Christmas Eve. It's great. It's also about family. It's and also about family. Quicksand. But we'll get there Man, in a month I can't and a half. Wait. I cannot wait to hear you. Here's talk the worst about part. So we also have to plan out that because we're going to be with your family in Miami for a week. You can watch it with my parents. Or, or Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Go watch it with your mom. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I'd rather watch the replacements with my mom. <laughs> so that's our that's our programming for the rest of the year. Cinderella. This is forty. The Killing. Coco. A very merry Christmas toy store, the replacements, and Blade Runner. 2049. I think it's a great balance of movies. I think it's, it's a great balance. It's been I think one it's gonna hell be of fun. A year. I think it's it's a good way to end the year out. Sure. That shit crazy. I think it's great. Thank you for listening. You this need to stop being so pessimistic, of man. Married with movies. Enjoy it. We encourage you as always go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others on our network of shows. Rate, man. review, and subscribe. Don't interrupt my fucking plugs. Fuck you, man. Wherever you get your podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. ArcadeAudio.net, as I already mentioned, is our network. If you want to support the network, patreon.com slash for bonus content. Hate to tell you, we're probably not going to be able to finish Stacked this year, just because... Oh, no, go watch it with your mom. For a No, I'm not done. I have other important things to talk about that aren't my mother. Uh, MarriedWithMovies at gmail.com, at MarriedWMovies on Twitter. For me, you can find me at your host mullet thirty eight on Instagram. Turn on your notifications whenever I have box and friends. My new inner uh, Instagram live show. It is a fundraiser for whatever charity's got going on at the moment, where I just unveil what new toys, books, comics, and whatever else I purchased, with hopefully a special guest. Also, read my retro wrestling diary arcadeo.net slash podbloggle. Uh, I'm in closing out the year 1991 before the end of the year. It is a uh, very interesting year in the world of wrestling, if that is your sort of thing. Anything else, Samantha? <sighs> no. 
No, I think we I think we got everything uh, wrapped up nicely. I'm really excited for this slate that we have coming up. I think it's gonna be nice. There are Fun. pieces of it I enjoy. Look, I like the replacements. It is it is a good stupid sports movie. Exactly. I'm I'm all for you just, it. You just what? You just amaze me. <laughs> In the best way for mullet. This is mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. You don't have to be so like resigned when you say stuff I'm like that. I'm not resigned. Why am I resigned? Man, why are your arms all crossed like that? You're giving off real negative energy right now. Look, chick sig scars. Is that a line from the replacements? <laughs> yeah. Oh, because it's it's just right off the top of the dome. Heads up! <laughs> Heads up! Here's another one, and a and another one. Why you all in my ear talking a whole bunch of shit that I ain't trying to hear? Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.